But I mean, we hit the record button now, so how's yeah. life, Ian? Life. <laughs> you really want to go down that rabbit hole? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we don't have a guest on today. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> Mate, life is fucking complicated, man. Like, I don't know mm. if it's my age or like... Um, or what but bloody hell man life life is uh complicated <laughs> that's all i can really say um yeah but don't you reckon that also has something to do with like where you live because a lot of my friends like abandoned big city life and mm. they live in like little farm villages and stuff and life is super slow there so i kind of feel like if you live in a big city it has a lot of impact with it yeah, I you know I like living in London. I like living in the Me big too, city. Mate. I've got I've got such a love for it. You know, I grew up here. Um, yeah, I left for a while. I moved out um, up into Northamptonshire for the best part of thirteen years. But mm. I was still commuting every day to London. So it's not not like I ever really left. Because um, when I was in the, the police, I was in in the Met Police, which is in London. So I was commuting every day, and you know. Being a police officer in London is, um, it's, uh, what can I, how can I describe it? Entertaining, I guess. Every day's different. <laughs> every day come, is awesome. Every day is, oh, it's like Lego movie, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, you got it. You got kids, so obviously you know it. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, um, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, when I say it's complicated, it's not really because of where I live and and city life and mm. stuff like that. It's just sort of family stuff, you know. And mm. if you read my rabbit hole story, you'd probably get an indication of some of the complexities mm. that I've had to sort of deal with and still ongoing, um, you know, some of the things I'm still dealing with. Um, and you've got, uh, when, when I wrote my rabbit hole story, I mentioned a little bit about uh, contact with my kids and uh, the whole sort of parental alienation thing and that's been a whole fucking um learning curve it's 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 burnt me down to the ground where i've i've thought i can never get up again and it's mm. and i've i've managed to sort of find the energy find um the strength within me to sort of carry on uh, through that sort of traumatic period and tomorrow um i've got potentially um, a meeting with my youngest son via Zoom for the first time in six oh, years. Nice. Nice. So <clears throat> when I when I say you know it's it's complicated, you know I've got six years of absence for my for my children's life. I've got three three kids with my ex wife, and um, it's only unfortunately the youngest that I can really push forward to contact because of the whole court system way it's set out and the ages of my two eldest kids. It doesn't fall under their remit and stuff like that. So it's 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 been a long journey of court battles and legal process and things like that. So <clears throat> I've got that potentially tomorrow. So that's on my mind. But also my uncle, who I've I I moved into uh, his house, which is this house. Um, three years ago to care for him because he's getting old he's got mobility issues and things like that and he's now in hospital so I'm now sort of scurrying around dealing with district nurses doctors hospitals and all that kind of stuff you know and and obviously on top of that doing my full-time work working towards this podcast you know uh, for for bitcoin um so yeah it's, there's a lot going on but do you know what this podcast um it's given me something to look forward to every week. It's, mm. it's, it's given me sort of a, a bit of a drive, driving force. Um, and uh, it's, it's given me a bit of a voice. 
Um, mm. You know, I didn't expect coming on here now and just talking to you about all this deep shit. But you know, that's what the tea party is for here, mate. Yeah, it, absolutely. And and for those that are listening, you know, this is our monthly debrief. This is our sort of uh, once monthly, um, and we're going to do it um, on the final Monday of every month. Mm-hmm have this tea party where we're, we're five just minutes like, into the recording we should maybe explain before that. <laughs> yeah this is this isn't a fucking de- you know get your any depressants out type conversation <laughs> this is <laughs> wait we should have started let's start okay hi everyone how are you uh ian here and Joel. this is our monthly yeah this is this is a, a podcast with a twist yeah um we, we've we're gonna sort of debrief on this on how well our podcast is doing um mm-hmm discuss a little bit how we feel about it and anything that goes in between um and the things that we've learned in the last month the things that we've maybe unlearned and relearned Mm -hmm. and sort of you know just just discuss it in in that way yeah but i guess there are a lot of stuff or things in there which i mean it's not as dramatic i'd say from my end because a i don't have kids so i but Mm. i can't imagine what you're going through like um Six yeah. years, that's a long time. And you mentioned it's the youngest one. Yeah, I mean, it's, so I, it's nuts. It's so I nuts. guess you skipped a lot of the, um, yeah, the memories you just have as kids, if you think about your dad and stuff. So, yeah, that's and crazy. The, you know, to put it into, to, you know, there's probably some people listening out there that can relate to it and, and had mm. some kind of similar experience to me. And it's it's one of those experiences that you don't really fully understand it until you've gone through it. Um or really sort of had to endure um, the sort of agony and the mixture of emotions throughout this whole period of time. The memory I've got of my kids are of them six years uh, six years ago. So, you know, my youngest, um, he was six years old the last time I saw him. He's now 12. And I've got no idea what this 12-year-old boy looks like. I've got no idea what he's now interested in, the sort of stuff that, you know, he's doing at school, his performance, you know, his behavior. I've got no influence and I've had no sort of influence or insight into his life for the last six years. And mate, that that is something that if, you know, um, with parental alienation, Mm. Um, you know, it's usually, um, the other parent demonizing and turning the child against you because they haven't really dealt with their own pain or trauma or, you know, anger. And they're just sort of projecting it onto the kids. Uh, and the consequence of that is that they're forced to make a choice to, uh, between which parent they want to see. And, uh, it's, it's ridiculous that a child has to choose one parent over the other. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard one. I think this is maybe to, to get it back to Bitcoin. One of the things I, um, uh, well, I can, I think I can say I struggled with before we did mm. the podcast and which is, um, why I'm grateful for, for the podcast. Cause it's similar, like you mentioned, it's sort of a, a highlight of the week. We, we've been having a couple of recordings a week now. So, mm. um, we, we're trying to be a bit in advance and stuff, but it was always fun to be here. Yeah. And it just helps. Like you can, you can basically toss out your ideas, you get back and forth. And for mm. the listeners, it's not just only like, we don't just meet now and record. We obviously bounce ideas back and forth. We uh, sometimes speak to other minds. Um, we got mm-hmm. a great reception also in person at 
some meetups. So this is really beneficial. But um, for a long time before the podcast, I was sort of thinking to myself, you know, we always read stuff like Bitcoin fixes this or um, just today, actually, I read about uh, a guy I think posted that actually he used war and the military industrial complex as a way for him to like uh, paste in his relay referral code. So like buy Bitcoin as the solution to wars and weapons and just use my code to like get a cheap I was like, what the fuck? Um because like against popular belief, I think stuff like wars, um, human connection, the story you've been telling, uh, it, unless there's a way that we like can get everyone on the Bitcoin standard immediately, mm. these are things for the foreseeable future. Bitcoin just doesn't fix because again, it doesn't fix human greed, but it doesn't right. also fix these these interhuman connections. Uh, at first, at least, I think if both people in that conversation get on Bitcoin, it's a different topic. Um, but yeah, this was something I took away as well uh, this past That's week, true. especially. There are a lot of things that we wish maybe that Bitcoin fixes them, but mm. um, they're simply not achievable or not achievable yet, shall I say. It, it makes me wonder, um, under a Bitcoin standard, and it would be a slow... Um, I'm hesitating to use the word uh, progression because... Mm. Um, or an evolution. I think mm. once the money's fixed, I think that will slowly change human behavior. It would change our expectations of one another. It would change what trade means, how we trade, how we interact as uh, one person to another. Uh, and I think over the course of time, once Bitcoin becomes more and more established in the ecosystem of humanity, um, I think um, it it it, will, it could change our dynamics between one another, and the reason why I'm I'm starting to think and feel that is because I just looked at my nails and realised how disgustingly dirty they are. I've just literally come <laughs> straight back from work. I've been crawling through attic spaces and things like that today, and I was just like, oh my god, I'm going to hide my hands from the rest of the <laughs> episode today. But um, it was um, what what really sort of spurred that thought on for me was because you know while I don't want to expose too much about my personal circumstances with with the breakup of my marriage you know if you want some insight in that you know there is um in my twitter on I've pinned it to the top the the my rabbit hole story that I've put up there for people to find if they want it but you know part of the um uh, issues that I was having in my marriage was were financial ones um mm. you know I wasn't happy with the way the relationship was balanced financially uh, and that was uh, some of the root causes of um, the ultimate breakdown of the marriage so if if there wasn't that worry with with money and um, the politics and the expectations of what money represented in my relationship you know that relationship would have been different i wouldn't have i wouldn't go as far to say that the the marriage would have um, continued because at the end of the day, upon reflection, she just wasn't the right person for me anyway. Mm. Um, but finances definitely played a heavy role in in the in the relationship. And if 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 Bitcoin is if Bitcoin was a standard um, during my relationship, 
it would have gone a different direction. It probably would have ultimately failed, but it definitely would have uh, taken away a lot of the whole financial side of things, I'm sure. Yeah, I remember, if I remember correctly, I asked you in your rabbit hole story, like, do you think your marriage would have been different if you would have discovered Bitcoin sooner mm. or mm. if Bitcoin would have been around? And I think you gave a similar answer saying yeah. it would have probably not because there were other circumstances and um, other reasons. And to your point, um, it's actually funny because I just spoke to a friend two days ago who um, moved to one of those, you know, low tax islands where you basically pay like, I don't know, 0.5% tax, um, mm -hmm. which looks nice on paper, possibly the dream of every anarcho-capitalist, but um, <laughs> you have to factor in other stuff like electricity is three times more expensive. Um, you yeah. know, a, a couple of X are like four times more expensive than here in London, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, but he was like, oh, you know, everyone is so happy here. Cause, and I thought to myself, yeah, of course, because like they don't have any financial worries. If you go into... Um, like into slums and such, into poorer mm. neighborhoods of cities, especially mm. big cities, you really see what money, what influence money has. Mm. And to be frank, I, I, that's where like my mind gets going. Like if we have people like Michael Saylor, for example, which I think mm. listeners know, I'm not a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, if a Bitcoin standard comes and he still possesses that much amount of those 21 million coins, Although like the protocol doesn't change, it doesn't change the functionality, surely it does change sociologically what he can do in society and how much power he has. Because like the guy who has most money effectively can do what the fuck he wants. So these are a lot of things I have on mind for like future guests, because I think we got a great lineup now for the next couple of weeks. Um, and we also already had great discussions in that regard. Yeah. Um, but it was really eye-opening to me because we, uh, that's a funny thing. We, we managed to get Bitcoiners on the podcast. By the way, all of you are amazing. Apart from a, an yeah. elite group, which we're not going to mention further, um, all of them said yes immediately. You know, they were very open, very, very generous also with their time. Like they didn't cut us off at like 60 minutes. They kept going because mm. it's always a pre and after talk with these things. Um, and a lot of them really open up. And I think that's that's quite um, that's quite unique in today's standards that people are so open to talk about the many different challenges they've been having. We heard stories from yeah. growing up in a hippie camp that episode mm. will come out a bit after this one to, um, yeah, I basically lost my job as a journalist and I listened to Bitcoin podcasts and that's how I got hooked while doing something completely different than what I learned. So like, mm -hmm. that's a huge spectrum of stuff we had with guests. Um, and it was so amazing to see and, and sort of feel like, okay, we're all theoretic about Bitcoin. It's, it's amazing, but there's still a lot of stuff that we need to fix before we get going. All of our guests, Joel, have been absolutely amazing. It's It, it kind of uh, put into focus to me is that, you know, you don't have to be a Bitcoin influencer to yes. influence the space. Everyone has an equal um, say in, in the ecosystem that is Bitcoin. Um, I'm not sure if I'm misusing the word ecosystem. It just feels right to say that, you know, it, it, it becomes, you know, ev everyone's got something to contribute. No, no, there's, mm. there's no hierarchy as such in Bitcoin is what I'm beginning to realize because you see these influencers um, mm. often mm. on various different podcasts and um, 
media outlets and it's the same kind of message all the time and you know i've heard it enough times now for me just to repeat a lot of it verbatim um but it's the sort of deeper critical discussions that i think is is where we need to really go uh, and really sort of like get down to the nub of of discussions about bitcoin it's positives it's negatives it's indifference it's um you know everything that that evolves around bitcoin because we need to have these these conversations but going back to your point about um money and the stresses of money and people living in poverty and slums as uh, you know you, you just said a minute ago you know you know I, I am um from the west i'm you know very privileged to be where i am you know and a lot of my money worries was actually if i'm honest with it it was part mm. based on my own personal greed and consumerism and my wants to sort of have this kind of lifestyle that seemed like it's something that i should have aspired to and um a lot of it was also to try to um prop up a lifestyle on behalf of someone else you know give them what it is that they thought that you know they the lifestyle they wanted you got sucked into that to that that um th that vortex that, that depth vortex that isn't vortex. it like get the credit card <laughs> get the new sneakers get the house mm. Yeah, like my ex-wife was like, she wanted a nice house. Mm -hmm. So I, I went out and found one. I got 120% fucking mortgage yeah. with Northern fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe for the listeners, not in the UK, quickly explain what like Northern rock is. Northern rock, from my understanding of Northern rock is that they, they were just sort of leveraging funds left, right and center. They didn't have the money to borrow. They were just lent, throwing money at people. Um, and when the financial crash came in 2008, they absolutely exponentially failed so dramatically that the government had to step in amongst other mm. mortgage providers and finance providers and, and bail them out. And that was, um, you know, uh, something that Satoshi Nakamoto referred to in, in, in the Genesis block, mm. you know, the, I was I was kind of part of that whole thing in a way indirectly you know i was part of the system where the government had to step in and bail out these banks mm. but i was still left with a fucking mortgage every month that i had to pay and commit to regardless of who was bailed out when i still had the debt and i i'm the one that still had to pay it back yeah and in the years to come you actually got uh, penalized for for that mortgage because they get they got increasingly worse with their deals it's not just like the government yeah. gave them essentially our money it's like a weird loop isn't it like they fuck up we bail them out. Money essentially is actually back into the system where it belongs, but then they increase the rates again. So you like have to put money in and they have to be bailed out again. Yeah, mate, they, they just continue. They just, they just fuck you over again and again, you know, because yeah, we're the ones that are furthest away from this money printer. Mm. Um, so we're the ones that have to pick up the pieces and sort of spin on the hamster's wheel a little bit harder um to to pay for their shit yeah i just had i had a funny I, I, when you said body printer i was just like actually it's a computer and wouldn't it be funny if you had like <laughs> access to all the computers at like the boj the boe the fed and like instead of hitting the button to like print money you would like plug in a thumb drive and just replace it with like bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> just like put an ad oh, up stop amazing. it here it's enough <laughs> I just had that it's image. It's like an alternative Mr. <laughs> yeah, Robot yeah, exactly, story here, exactly. isn't it? Have you seen Mr. Robot? Oh, that was That's a fucking amazing cool. show. I can't believe they cancelled it early. Apparently they had two more seasons Yeah, what was all that about? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. You know, so if you, if you have if you're a Bitcoiner and um, you haven't heard of Mr. Robot or seen Mr. Robot, watch it because I watched it before um, really fully understanding Bitcoin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I've watched it again since um, <laughs> understanding Bitcoin. And it's just what's going on there, Joel? What are you doing behind the scenes? I mean, it's like a mind. It's like a mi- <laughs> um, it's not mind fuck, like a mind explosion. Um, because I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. In a couple of episodes, they do mention Bitcoin. I think as like a paid for to do like illegal activities on the dark web. Um, mm-hmm. but I think Mr. Robot goes on a rant for like two or three minutes about Bitcoin and how ideal it would be if like everything would be decentralized. I might be wrong on that, but I thought he had like a couple of those moments. Bitcoin does definitely come yeah, up in, in in the it series um, where the the uh, evil corp, the sort of evil company that basically controls a lot of the infrastructure of the finances globally and all the secret deals that they're doing under the table with China and things like that. And uh, it talks, uh, they talk, there's a part in it where they talk about Mm. Bitcoin, um, you know, uh, but the way they talk about it is like, you don't want them to have Bitcoin because, you know, that would be the end of us. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty but, cool. but I think it also shows, um, and that's also something I learned with our guests in general, because I think um, Bitcoin has one giant problem, and that's uh, the image problem. It's still known as the, the ocean boiler, as the, 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 what could you say, the, the money for criminals, even though like not even a percent, I think, uses it anymore for criminal activities, at least on the dark web. Right. Uh, look at Monero. I mean, that's but that's such a bullshit <laughs> fucking argument. Like cash is being yeah. used for criminal activity ever since cash came into being. Like uh, it's a ridiculous argument. Ian, think me. about think about it. the normal people out there. If they hear all the time like it's being used by criminals, immediately in the back of their head, it's like, oh yeah, it's being used by criminals. And we both live in London. Like, when was the last time you used cash around here? Um, that's also being somehow eliminated into the obliss of we slowly transition you into like digital money um but to get back to my point i always had to thought if i start a podcast like i would also hear the same arguments and most of them are like um gains and um number go up only all the time um eat beef all the time um be a hardcore libertarian <laughs> and all of these things it hasn't been like that at no, all though, that, has it did we actually have someone on who would have kind of fit the the, the, the stereotype like i've just gone through all of our guests in my head i'd say no maybe you heard some of the statements <clears throat> which is fine i guess um but it wasn't the the hardcore extreme stand you always see on on Bitcoin Twitter or on Bitcoin Nostra, depending on which platform you are currently. Mm, mm. I mean, when it comes to being online, people are brave behind um, a keyboard. People say shit that they wouldn't ordinarily say to people in person, and and I've got two thoughts about that. I think um, which is still forming in my brain as I say it, but. Um, one of them is, yeah, you're typing this stuff. Uh, maybe you're clickbaiting or you're trying to uh, engagement farm in some way. It raises a question as to why are you engagement farming? What's your end goal? What is your, um, what, what, what's, what are you trying to achieve? Mm. But also, is it really when people are typing this shit on Bitcoin Twitter, what they really actually believe that they're just not really able to be brave and enough to say it out loud in person. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's not like we are immune to this. Like we for sure have done it also in our past. Um, I'm not going to deny mm. this because I think it's always easy to say, oh, everyone is fucking up besides you. Um, and if I think back about stuff I deliberately tweeted just to get engagement out there, to get the likes, maybe have a shitty day or stuff. It's pretty mm. easy in like the Bitcoin community to get that engagement farming. I think that's what you currently see a bit on Noster because I like the idea behind Noster. But the whole thing with like zaps are amazing. I just think it's like a small circle who is like basically handing out money between each other for like cool statements, which would have gotten you likes anyway. Um, and I'm mm. not really sure mm. if that's like part of solving the problem. Um but again, you know, everyone has a bad day. It might be a part of trying to be, it's probably part of our attempt at trying to find mm. a solution to that problem. I mean, we got to go through the mill in order to get through the other side yeah. and find out what's there. You know, you can't, you can't sort of do, you, you can't just do nothing and try nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because then nothing will change. You're going to have to sort of experiment with new things to see what happens and where it goes and then you can learn from it and then evolve from there um you know through action yes. you get results and through actual value this is why i said and i think my one tweet about nostra which sort of went semi-viral um for me just <laughs> in my opinion stating quite an obvious fact like i love the idea behind nostra obviously i do want to see a reddit alternative on lightning or just generally speaking on bitcoin i've also dabbled around in um zion this is like sort of similar to nostra but a bit differently yeah, yeah. um yeah. i would love the idea to have like a video solution um on on lightning and all of these things but still f for everyone to join you know there has to be some usability the ux needs to be vastly UX, improved ui and everything yeah. Somewhere, right? yeah but but you know what's mm. ironic like mm. the people who responded on my end saying like um oh you know you're just hating whatever they didn't say it that extreme but i'm like doing it the easy way now to explain it to the audience when i checked them out on nostra because i'm the type of guy who like wants to go there and check out what they're saying all of them, ironically, were using Lightning wallets for their zaps, which were custodial. So it's like, hang on a minute. Like, you acknowledge, or okay. you actually don't acknowledge. Like, you go about my tweet saying, like, oh, UI UX is fine, but that, like, you take a custodial Lightning service. If we stick to, like, the Bitcoin ethos, shouldn't you set up, like, your own Lightning node, run your wallet through that, all of these things? Follow follow through the exactly. whole exactly. thing, yeah, because the opportunity is there. And obviously, you, you know? I'm not criticizing because I know it's a fucking nightmare having my Lightning node up and running all the time. Like sometimes I forget to add liquidity to my channels. I'm like, oh fuck, I can't use it again. It closed, um, or like the node is down half of the time. So it's easier to maybe have something like Wallet of Satoshi, um, maybe even what are some good Lightning wallets? I'm just thinking about it. Moon is half decent. Um, mm. and Phoenix, I know they're semi self custodial because, like, you do get your private keys and such, but you're still relying on like their node and things. Um, and I'm not discouraging people from using them, but it's just like if you attack someone for stating an obvious fact, I think. And again, I'm pro Nostra, I want people to join. Um, 
why do you then take the easy route out? And I think that's something you see more and more evolving in the Bitcoin community, um, at least from when I joined, because back then it was a lot of um, learning. You know, you had to learn what cryptography is. You had to learn how to use these wallets. You had to learn and how to evolve after like the block size wars, what the differences are now and, and stuff. Um, and we've gotten to a point now where I think a uh, um, big number of people in the world can use Bitcoin, but it's in that weird place where like it has a great usability in my opinion, but it's just not there yet that like every dummy on the street can use it. Um, and it takes a while, yeah. like <clears throat> ask how many people use the same passwords for all of their socials, probably everyone. <laughs> so mm, mm, we're, we're just yeah. as a human yeah. species, well, I'm trying to say not there yet that like people can... I think fully self-sovereign join these things. But it's exciting to see this. It's exciting to see that growth on Nostra. Um, and I also like that we see like no coiners joining or I'm, I just recently stumbled across an NFT community on Nostra. I was like, oh, amazing that they're here as well. Oh, you know, right. it's not just, it's a big part of the Bitcoin community, obviously, but you get these little altcoin and um, project communities. The Nostra's for everyone. Exactly. exactly. In a way, isn't it? It's Nostra's for everyone. Yeah. And, and there has sort of 10, I, I don't know, I don't know if this is the actual case, but my maybe because most of my content on Twitter is is leaning towards Bitcoin. So that's that's a lot of what I see. So it's probably a skewed, um, you know, observation that I have because of the type of people I follow and the content I consume. But it just seems like um, Bitcoiners have adopted Nostra as their kind of thing. Yes. But um, maybe, maybe that's not the case. Maybe, you know, other people can see the value of Nostra and normal people will be normal people will eventually be using it just as much as the crypto bros and the NFT lot and uh, as well as Bitcoin. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, if we if we want everyone on there, isn't that amazing? Like I remember early in that must have been just after Christmas because I joined just before Christmas. I joined twice. I lost access to my <laughs> first account. <laughs> so uh, note down note down your secret keys, guys. Um, <laughs> Don't be the idiot I was. <laughs> and I remember reading a post on Nostra where one went like, oh, I can't believe all of these, these Chinese idiots on here, like, you know, speaking about stuff. And I was like, isn't it amazing? Because like censorship in China is a real deal to be able to use social platforms that they basically have to obey by the CCP. And if you get people on here and they are actively using it, this is the idea behind it, right? Uncensorable, open to everyone, I want to see more Chinese, even though I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I have to use a translation tool. Um, but that's the idea behind these tools. So I think the Bitcoin community is kind of evolving. And also this whole ordinals mm. NFT thing. From mm, what I've mm. seen now, it's slowly declining again in interest. So it sort of had his peak. Maybe it's coming up again. I mean, these things always take a bit of time. Um, but isn't that good as well? Like different use cases for Bitcoin. We don't have to use every use case, but I think it's exciting to see it not just being a store of value payment solution, but genuinely also a different use case for a social protocol or even something as mm. silly, in my opinion, as an NFT. And I'm talking about the artsy NFT. Yeah. It's not like there's some use cases for NFTs, but that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah. I think because oh, I've already said in previous episodes, if people have listened to them, is um, I'm resistant. I've been resistant to the whole Nostra thing, and I think you know um, after your 
um, semi-controversial uh, viral tweet that went out about it. Um, I can't remember who it was now. There was a, a guy who commented on there about um, it's good for developers to um, come up with ideas. Can you get up your tweet there and Just see it? looking for um, it now. Is it Oaken or some some guy um, who I've seen on, uh, I've listened to on Satoshi's Journal now and again, because I, I tend to listen to them sometimes early in the morning. Um, something with developers, let me see. It wasn't Andrew and Bailey, was it? No, let me have a quick um, butchers at your... Uh... How, how do you pronounce your... Um, last name is it lens yeah it's not lens, that's not that's not it? far off it's lens oh, Depends you, tweet, you, you tweet more than than i than i realized <laughs> see where do we have it because i do remember two people commenting on the um developer stuff um there's a guy um wearing like a red top um i, mean, I think his username begins with an o Okin, maybe white lightning. Um, how many? How many comments did you get on that tweet? About fifty, maybe something like this. Okay. Um, some of them were really funny. <laughs> but you know, I think there was a comment. I don't have to don't have to find it completely, but I'm sure there must have. I think there was a comment on there about it's a it's a good way for developers to use nosta and communicate on nosta mm -hmm. to further build on nosta to make it more user friendly and to come up with ideas um and a place to go to sort of communicate and test out those ideas yeah and, if and i was quite open I, you know, that, that i kind of opened my mind to it i was like actually yeah if there is a platform you're not going to be able to do that on twitter mm -hmm. Um, you're not going to be able to do that on other social media platforms that are out there that are centralized in that mm -hmm. way. So it's a good way to sort of for developers to go for sure. And people that are, are sort of like um, trying to do, um, you know, a lot of the technical mm -hmm. work um, in Bitcoin to sort of start to communicate their ideas together. And that, that kind of sold me over to the whole idea of Nostra, to be fair. Yes. And it's also a great resource, I think, for developers because they they are very, um, very active on there. I mean, I'm not on the um, um, beta versions of the apps. I just downloaded the official one. I'm always waiting for them to release it. But from what I've seen, when you like follow the dev account and all of the devs in the background, they're very actively like pushing it. They're updating their stuff. They're implementing a lot of things. And from what I've just learned, being on social media basically half of my life, if you get access to a developer very early, the product in the end will improve. I think, and another probably controversial stake, what Elon is trying to do with Twitter now, like opening up the algorithms and all of these things, if it really happens, this is what should have happened in like 2010, 2011, 2012 maybe with Twitter. Because I still think the mm. premise of Twitter is a great idea. It, it just fucked up when when algorithms and stuff was introduced. Um, but that's not to say that maybe Nostra can't be a good example of other platforms following that path as well. I highly doubt that like Elon is going to allow it to be fully open source. It'll probably be some kind of algorithms because they have different algorithms like ads algorithms. 
um, search algorithm yeah. and all these things. Um, but at least it's a step in the right direction, I think, because uh, th this is, I think, one of the drawbacks in the Bitcoin community. Um, we tend to be very, very negative about things quickly because um, obviously we see dangers to a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think Nostra is not only great for, for us users, it's great for like censorship resistance for the developers, but also for actually being a use case to see like, hey, if you do it this way, you actually get a massive adoption. Because like, have you seen it? They generated like close to a million keys now, I think. Um, yeah, oh, really? it's not to say that like every key is a person, because obviously you do have some bots already. Um, but it was nice to see that there is a quick adoption happening. Um, and if you can use improve that thing, get it going, people will be able to use it for different use cases. Why not use it as a case study mm. for future products? Um, I think this is the amazing thing yeah. in Bitcoin. Like it immediately gets put to the test. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, no one is mad at you. At least you tried something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So That's Ian, when 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 Popkey? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when it first, when when the whole Nostra thing started to um, come out? Um, I went on there. I, I I didn't didn't know what I was doing. Um, I created like a, a name questioning Bitcoin mm. as well on there, and uh, there was a public key and private key thing. And I, I put something out there a long time ago. I think one message, and then. I was like, Do you know what, this is, I, I don't really understand it. It reminded me a little bit of the early days of the internet. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of like um, uh, a little bit of like uh, MSN mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it, it, it was a bit of retro. Um, but I, like I said, I didn't fully understand the whole concept of it and, and, and where my message was going and what I should do with it and how I can interact with other people. But I will, I promise guys, uh, Joel, you as well, I promise that I will give it my attention and focus when things calm down for me a little bit here um, and sort of invest a bit of time to fully understand it more because, um, yeah, I think, I think I will be going on there. So expect me to post soon nice. <laughs> uh, my public key. So basically for those of you listening who maybe struggle a bit with the idea, um, it's very different from like a normal platform where you need to use like an email and a password and probably your phone number. You basically generate a key pair and it's exactly the same principle as with like a Bitcoin wallet. You have your public and your private key. The private key you can use to log into different clients because there's a whole range of different views of how you can use Nostra. They are very much normal clients, social clients like um, Damos or Damos or however it's pronounced and Iris and all of their called. And there's even one who looks like Telegram. So like you get your social feed in like a Telegram view. Um, and that's it. Basically, you just share that public key with people who won't follow you. And the secret or private key is just like your password to basically get in um, and use different interfaces with the whole thing. So... <clears throat> From a standpoint, again, it's actually not hard. I think it's easier than having email, password, and all of these things, but it's just the way mm. it's being presented because these are cryptographic keys. They're very long, very obnoxious. Once you then are on Nostr, it's it's not super easy to get like your profile picture uploaded. Um, all of these things, it takes a bit of getting used to. Um, but in its core, I think the idea behind it are simple. And um, we just give it some time for the devs to work on some magic. Sure, in April, yeah. May, maybe we'll see a lot of a lot of improvement and possibly more more normies on there, which is nice to see. Joel, you you hold um, on your end 
the statistics of of the podcast and stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we should we share should we share some? Uh... Let me get the Google Docs going. So we did create like a little doc for us to share when we talk about the rabbit hole at the tea party. And um, obviously, if you have like a podcasting host, they can give you insights. And I mean, all time now for the podcast, we do host it uh, in audio format. We also started on YouTube a bit later. And uh, we yeah. did have 745 downloads all time in the audio version. All right. And we've got 384, uh, 48, sorry, 348 views on YouTube. Considering that like YouTube has only been up for half of the time that we had audio up and running, we're doing pretty good. I think if we had YouTube and audio going the same time, it might have been um, a bit better. But um, what is this? What's the final number there? 274 plus 348 is 1093 views, download, plays, however you want to call it. Um, considering that we like didn't put any advertising money into it, that we just like started and like shared it in friend circles yeah. and on social. I'm quite happy about these numbers. They're obviously far off from like the huge podcasts, but then like, hey, everyone has to start at some point. Yeah. So please, uh, I mean, shout out to all those people that took the time to lend us your ears and, and sort of listen in. Um, I very much appreciate your time. I hope you've found some value in some of the things we've said. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've either agreed and disagreed with some of the things that we've said or some of the our guests have said but that's the whole um idea of it you know we're, we're trying to create a conversation and a conversation um is multifaceted it's it, it it's an ongoing one and you know if and when other guests come up they will have their own opinions and views and you know and i think i think um yeah, I think uh, we're doing something important here amongst some of the other podcasts out there. You know, we're all trying to just have a conversation about Bitcoin. And um, I'm glad that we've, you know, um, gone above a thousand already. Um, I'm happy with that number, considering, like you said, Joel, we haven't paid for any ad advertising space. We haven't got any sponsorship. This is kind of like just me and you just trying to sort of get on there and sort of bang the Bitcoin drum. I'm happy with that. Yeah, and I think it, it just, again, we're doing the proof of work, right? Um, sometimes I think if you mm. see online creators, and this is this has actually been a area I covered a lot when, when I used to be in the media world, like, you know, social media, technology, content, creator scene. That was sort of my general area of, of expertise, if you want to say so. Um, and I basically had to explain how social media works to the boomers. <clears throat> <laughs> and uh, it's fascinating because <laughs> a lot of people think if they see like big podcasts and things oh yeah they just got there you know it's easy you you speak to people you upload it uh you get the downloads you get the sponsorships and there's a there's work, a lot of hard, hard work, work involved a lot of um th i'm wondering what your learnings were sort of in not like the people we met with the podcast but like what you learned for yourself personally um, I was like, holy shit, you have to think about so many things when you did the podcast, because genuinely speaking, we don't really have an agenda in our podcast. We just sit down, we no. do a quick briefing with our guests, with exactly. but there's still so much thinking before and after we produce these shows or these episodes. Um, so that was quite something I was like, wow, there is, there's actually a lot of these little things. If you like all add them up, become these 
giant thing. Um, and that was my yeah. big learning. I was like, holy shit, there is actually a lot of stuff going on behind these scenes. So I have like mad respect for people like, uh, you know, Joe Rogan and his team who like put an episode out each day. Obviously, it's their main job and stuff, so they don't need to worry about other stuff as well. But like still the whole logistic, <laughs> like they even do like live streaming, you know. This is just beyond crazy. And obviously, like Peter McCormack, the, the quality, how he does his show and stuff. Um, this is actually quite mad if you really want to then go into the professional room. I'm, I'm, I'm representing the whole um, Peter McCormack Yeah, Peter, here. if you're listening, um, we, we, we'd love to rep some, some merch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we get to yeah, the game one day. It, on. it reminds me of like, you know, this is the whole, like we, we came up with the concept. We, we, we were sort of... Um, you know, snow, snowballing some ideas together. We met in the pub and before the podcast went live and we were thinking about what we can call it. Um, and eventually we landed on, I can't remember what the, the, some of the suggested names were in, in before, but uh, we landed on um, rabbit hole stories. Um, you've probably got some notes there. I was just thinking, where did I note them down? We had, but what what is come, what is come to is like rabbit hole stories is, is I think it's landed perfectly because you know, and we don't have an agenda going into these um, podcasts mm. and the whole ethos behind it of rabbit hole stories is we're going down our guests rabbit hole. They're inviting us. Some dog is like, can you mm -hmm. hear that? Some yappy dog out in my neighborhood is just like, I don't know, having a meltdown. <laughs> but we, we <laughs> have enough Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Open the window and shout out, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> do we no, do of course that's the song. Come on. <laughs> My neighbors will not like that. Um, but literally we 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 um are going down the rabbit hole um the, of our guest. So we we we're, we're being guided by by them and whatever they talk about we'll just go with it. yeah we will ask some questions about it but we're, we're just we're curious we're and we're kind of sort of like going along with them uh in the hope that that will with the people listening to that will sort of understand how they've got to where they are uh, their route into bitcoin and their route through bitcoin and where they're at currently and we, yeah sometimes we go off in different directions mm -hmm. down this sort of warren and that I'll keep talking about. Um, and it is, it is providing a bit of a roadmap of what Bitcoiners, um, you know, think about and the, the sort of ideas mm -hmm. we, they come up mm -hmm. with. Some are different, some are very similar. Um, and I, I like the, the format of that. We just sort of like go down this rabbit hole with them. And we keep it pretty much open between us two as well. It's not, it's not like Ian and I meet before a episode and we say like, okay, you're going to ask 10 questions and I'm going to ask 10 questions. There were episodes which like Knut, for example, where Ian was asking more and I was sort of more laid back. Um, and there were episodes yeah. where um just thinking about who we had maybe with arsen i was a bit more speaking um with joe nakamoto in the beginning but then you, you you came in in the end um so yeah this doesn't mean that we like split stuff up we have a very very strict way of doing this whole thing um we're just trying to show the different uh, sides to bitcoin and i think that's also a beautiful thing because like we're not stuck on our own own views because a lot of the bitcoin podcasts it's always like um you know you get like i'm believing in this political idea behind bitcoin or um i see bitcoin as x y and z and 
I think that's okay to have, but like it's a wrong perception in my mind to see every listener believing the same thing. Because like maybe I'm listening to one Bitcoin podcast who has idea X, then I'm listening to another who has a completely different idea. Like, isn't that a conflict in its own if you think about these things? So we're just trying to be as open as generous. Um, and we're also trying to get Bitcoin critics on. It's just, as you can imagine, guys, not as easy because if they check Ian's and, and my Twitter profile out, <laughs> they're thinking like, oh, no, I'm not going on there. <laughs> Two Bitcoin lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> right. What I've, what I've learned about this whole thing is that you're very uh, more understanding about the whole fintech side of things and the whole technical side, which I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a great deal from you, Joel. Um, you know, because you know, you, you've, you've invested quite a lot of time, um, years in this industry, um, to fully understand it. And I, I'm, I'm very appreciative, um, and privileged to sit, join a podcast, not only going down the rabbit hole of our guest, but to listen in to what you're saying, because uh, I'm taking that in as, as you know, you're, you're offering your experience and your knowledge, not only to our guest, but to me and the listeners as well. And that's what you provide um, for the podcast. Whereas for me, I'm more of a just sort of like deep thinker, more philosophical um, dreamer <laughs> type person. You know, I've, I've got my sort of like a little bit of my life experience and sort of like I, I, I quite, I'm quite honest with um, how I think and, and feel. Mm. And, and sometimes, um, you know, that can trigger off uh, a whole conversation uh, in its own right. So I think, you know, both you and I have a different role to play in, in this podcast, but it works nicely because we can sort of encapsulate the whole sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm struggling to It's a dynamic agenda today, isn't it? Yeah, the dynamic. Thank you. Yeah, and I guess that's also something when I look back now at what I learned from you, because um, where I sometimes struggle to like, okay, how can I bring this back into like everyday life? Because in my day job, I'm very much invested into, you know, having amazing technology around me, amazing solutions, and they have to find their path to a normal user. Because uh, lightning is useless if no one is using it every day uh we can argue like we add to that if we pay each other with it like um if we go to a bitcoin meetup in london you, you pay someone maybe pays at the bar and then between peers you like pay with lightning obviously um or on chain whatever works for people um but it's not there yet where you can sometimes see uh, the 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 path going forward and what I really liked, if I also listened to our episode, because I actually, I do edit the podcast. So on that note, if there is something not going right on that end, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not an audio engineer. I'm trying my best, but I think it sounds nice. And um, when I listen back to it, uh, usually two or three times, because I have to go through everything. Mm. I'm always like, oh, that's mm. how Ian describes like this problem, for example. And I can then use that for my day job just recently finished a newsletter for a client and instead of complicatedly explaining how things work I was just like oh yeah use Ian's analogy so I think that helped me on my mm. end as well just to see uh, someone who is not as deeply invested into the underlying tech as I am uh, also getting the point of Bitcoin across um, so that from my end mm. was really really mm. beneficial from our conversation as well um, and I think it helps Good. if you meet someone who's also going like 
you know, I do love the circle of community, but isn't it weird that like X, Y, and Z is not fixed yet? And how can we add to that discussion or how can we improve it? Um, I think that helps both of mm, us mm. <laughs> from that standpoint to have someone where you can say, hey, I think that's fucked up if I see this tweet. What do you think? And then we can maybe add some value to a discussion with like a guest or an episode here on the pod. Yeah, most definitely. Um it's and yeah, it's just an opportunity for us to. But if anything, this podcast forget the the amount of downloads we've got. I think you know if we just plod along and just do this, um, you know, it's beneficial for me. It's beneficial for you and and anyone that might be listening. Um, mm. You know, we, this 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 really is just another dimension to my Bitcoin journey. You know, this is just uh, another opportunity for me to spend time talking with people who believe in bitcoin like i do mm. um and to deepen my understanding of it um so if this podcast doesn't sort of like blow up or you know it has all these numbers that's 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 not really like the most important thing here for me it's it's just having the ongoing conversation with with bitcoiners and we've had a couple of um big names um couldn't being one we've got Joe Hall uh, coming up. Um, is it next week now? Uh, after people a, listen a week to this? from release date of this one, yeah, yeah. Um, but what what I took away from it all is that, that there's there's whether or not you're you're classified as an influencer or you you know you're um, a big name in Bitcoin. Every, every guest we've had, um, every pleb in between, has just uh, the same value and mm -hmm. and um, um, insight. Um, as as much as anyone else, you know, everyone is has been equal in in their input, um, regardless of how how influenced you know how, how much influence they have out there in the space. Yes, and we also booked people in who are I wouldn't say timid, but like they maybe not enjoy being on social. You know, this is this was one of the many drawbacks mm. for me to actually get back in because I think both you and I mentioned it in one of the f episodes in the past. I at one point deleted my old Twitter account because I've had enough. Um, and there are other P Bitcoiners out there who genuinely maybe go to a meetup once a week, are very engaged in the community, but not on social media. And I just think if we add more content pieces out there, whether it be this podcast, whether it be videos on our YouTube channel and things, um, this just adds to the discussion and it shows that there are real people working in this thing. Because um, often I think it's not tangible for normal people because they, they don't see a face. You know, if you think about... Uh, very, a very easy example. If you think about the EU, I think a lot of people on the street can tell you like, oh, this person is running it or, or they're representing our country or whatever. Um, but if I'm saying like, do you know about Bitcoin? Maybe we get lucky and someone knows that it has something to do with like an orange logo, but that's it. There's like no faces to it. And yes, there's like Sailor in the US, uh, but especially over here in Europe, especially in the UK, we don't really have these big recognizable things. Yeah. So if we can add snippets out there, if we can add education pieces out there where people can start to associate someone with the name, uh, I think that's a big win. And, and like I said, the numbers, obviously, they can always be better. You know, that's not, I'm not going to lie about this. You always want more, I think, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I'm super happy where we at. To think about how we do this, we meet after work, we record. I usually edit over the weekends or just after work and such. Uh, it's pretty nice to see that a group of people are listening to that effort, and even reward us. We did get some sets in in um, in the fountain well. Yes, we did. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, it's cool to see. And, and Joel, it's not just like the you know we're recording now, but it's not that we're in constant communication. Mm. You and me, like you know, I, I communicate with you like almost daily, um, and. If anything, throughout all this, you know, you've become a good friend of mine in this. And I don't think, and I don't, please don't take this the wrong way in any way, but I think, you know, if it wasn't for Bitcoin, you and I probably would never have sort mm. of um, crossed paths and, and sort of uh, communicate in, in as often as we do, you know, but it, it's it's because of our um, passion in Bitcoin where we met up at the London Bitcoin space um, and, and something um i don't know something was there that you know was like oh yeah you know th this guy knows he, what he's talking about there's something interesting here and we very quickly came to sort of this idea about we both want to do something mm. and it was like oh, okay why don't we team up and do it and this is what's evolved from that um not only a podcast but a friendship um from that as well so that's something i, I also take away from 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 this yes and it shows the don't let your head get too big, Joel. <laughs> you know, you still need to get out of your flat to go and do your shopping. So. <laughs> I think it shows the the social aspects of these things as well. I wouldn't say this is specifically to Bitcoin only. I did see it in a lot of other communities as well. But once we get to a point where a group of people think about it, like someone announces on meetup.com, hey, I'm doing a London Mick. Bitcoin meetup every second Tuesday at that particular spot at that particular time and about 10 people show up for the first one take time out of their day to just meet strangers and talk about these things if you get something going which is that big I think you are winning in any way shape or form maybe you're not winning as fast as you want that's okay but you're still winning and I think this is one of the, the many benefits that Bitcoin adds. But you obviously have to be in that community to experience it. Because from the outside looking in, we just were 10 weirdos with orange pins and orange caps and orange T-shirts. standing well, that's still in that true. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I reckon? At that meetup, at that pub, do they know, okay, it's the second Tuesday again and these weirdos are showing up. I, I, next time we're there, I'm <laughs> interested to ask them um, if they know that we show up all the time because the guys organizing, they obviously need to reserve the space and such. Um, and I'm interested if it leaves a, a footprint in the back of their heads as well. What, in, in, you're talking about the pub itself? In the pub, I mean, the... we, we always see the same faces, don't we, if we go there. There are also people meeting after work there. Um, be interesting if Bitcoin has that effect where people memorize it for whatever reason maybe we're weirdos maybe the orange logo um maybe we're mm, cheap we mm. don't drink enough <laughs> i don't know <laughs> whatever the reason is we might ask and get back to the people that's true but i, thought, I think it's uh, by the way the, the the one of the london bitcoin meetups because there's another one i think that's recently started yeah. i haven't yet to go Me to neither. but the one that i yeah, the one that you and I have been going to is at the um, Old Bank of mm -hmm. England, which is the uh, Old Bank of, the actual Old Bank of England's law, I think it was their law department, their something law like offices this, yeah. back in 1880 or something like that. So it was very affiliated with the actual 
um, Bank of England um, back in the day. And you go into this pub and it's just grand. Mm. It's like some, it's like this grand, the ceiling is like fucking 50 feet up in Mm. the air with massive chandeliers and gilding. And it just goes to show you the the sort of legacy Mm. of the the wealth of the Bank of England and things like that and, and how fucked the whole money system is um and it's pretty ironic that you know as bitcoin as we go there to to meet up and talk about bitcoin i think it's i think it's pretty cool <laughs> yes and it also shows uh it really shows a, a funny side to the whole story um i also have clients you know in the inner city of london who have these huge offices for like I mean, maybe 25, 40 people working, like almost everyone, it feels like has their own private office and all of these things. And I'm sometimes sitting there thinking like, you do know there's like a whole alternative money solution being worked on from people, you know, living in like El Salvador, or the, the, the Bitcoin surf beach, um, or, or some flat in, in the States, probably just plugging along, working on their laptops and stuff. Um, once you really get to contrast between these two things, it's it's incredible to actually see how little you would need to to get the ball going. Um, but yeah, that goes into like you know prestige and and how all of these things are being used to to basically just secure power because that's the that's the only thing that's really keeping this this legacy system, whether that be finance, media, whatever, in place. Because if you take away their power, what are they going to do? Like no one will use their their stuff in the end. Yeah, that's that's a very powerful comment um, and very true. And um, you know, Bitcoin is growing. Um, the the adoption is growing. Um, and we will just continue plodding along, mm-hmm. working at it, you know, um, people, and this is what the whole grassroots thing is all about, you know, um, it's going to be a hard struggle at first. It's going to be um, fighting uh, a battle that seems to sort of never, never ends. Um, but, you know, we're winning and there's there's more and more adoption all the time and we're, we're continuing to put the signal out there for bitcoin and um as long as we are still open to have these critical discussions it's all always just going to be bullish for bitcoin yeah mate i'm distracted because there's this fucking yapping dog out there right <laughs> he's driving me nuts and he hasn't shut the fuck up and i don't want the owners doing about it but also i've got my cat scratching at my my, my door let me make let me just go and quickly get no worries, my cat no worries. He's let, let piss me off. <laughs> yeah i think I, I can generally speak about um the um different ways of engaging with the podcast so i've mentioned it now twice we do have the audio version obviously if you're mainly listening to the podcast version but we also have our youtube channel which we just put out some um some of the interviews like we put no we put actually everything every interview out there sorry um uh, we have all of them also there for you to be watching because it's also a different dynamic. If you, if you if I if I edit it for the audio version, it's very precise. Like I cut out a lot of pauses and awkward statements and such. Uh, but with the video feed, it's sometimes nice to see sort of the raw reaction uh, as to how we deal with things and how maybe some ask questions are asked a bit differently. So that's one thing. We're also planning on expanding the YouTube channel, so we want to create content there uh, aimed solely at bitcoin education i would say um and then obviously if you want to help us out you know uh reviews on apple podcast and spotify i think it's possible 
uh, value for value we are on the podcasting index thing so you should be able to find us in breeze should be able to find us in fountain um obviously if you want to and uh, who knows maybe we'll see integrations into protocols like nostr and such where you'll be able to also sap us so um we really want to put more stuff out there and the best way if you like what we're doing to help us is to a engage and b if possible leave a review and all of these things it doesn't take a long time you don't even need to write anything it takes literally 15 seconds but it goes a long way and uh, helps spread the show to more people because that's what we aim to do get bitcoin out to more people i mean that sounds like a perfect ending to this this conversation yeah, I'm just about to ask because it's going on for an hour and five minutes now probably an hour if i edit it down so that was a good discussion. Yeah. So if, if people were using this podcast as a little bit of um way to drift off to sleep because they're bored as fuck or <laughs> <laughs> or whether it's a you know, you're you're sipping your, your um wine or it's you know, you're listening to it in the background. However you're listening to the podcast, we value you. And whatever you're using it for, we value that. So again, thank you everyone that's tuned in and subscribed so far. Um, please, um, if you do think we are doing a good job, like uh, Joelle said, please um, give us a positive review and um, put the word out there amongst your Bitcoin friends or normie friends. You know, if 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 they if if they know people are curious about Bitcoin, uh, maybe you know, send them our direction so they can mm -hmm. listen in to see the sort of stuff we talk about as well. So yeah, we appreciate you all. Thank you. Yes, and um, we did mention it very briefly in the beginning. We'll do this recap. We call it the tea party because rabbit hole stories, obviously we use a lot of analogies from Alice in Wonderland. So there was the tea party. We thought that would be a great name for it. We'll do it once a month, final Monday each month. So if you like this kind of format, we're a bit more loosey-goosey. Um, you can come back today in four or five weeks, depending how long the month is. And you'll get to hear our learnings from that month and possibly possibly some new announcements. You never know. <laughs> Brilliant. So, Ian, uh, we'll see each other. What's it today? We'll see each other next week already. We have a couple of great guests again. And, um, yeah, looking forward yeah, to those yeah, ones going Looking out. forward to also seeing you again. And um, maybe you can yeah. fix a dock in the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm about to go out and fix it now. Maybe he's hungry. Maybe he wants some treats. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to get it from me. Go with like a Bitcoin sticker. <laughs> you want this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk soon, mate. Take care, mate. Bye bye.